everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I want to welcome you to this Bible study. As you know, we come together to read the Word of God to find practical scriptural application for our daily lives so that we can be uh, overcomers, live an abundant life, and of course to fulfill our purpose. So uh, today we're going to do a really powerful study um, that I think will empower you in the work of God and in your life, uh, whether it has to do with your purpose. But before we get into the Bible study, I want to tell you about something new that we're going to be doing. It's going to be maybe like five or seven episodes um, where we're going to, um, it's episodes called Letters to God. And so basically with this series, we're going to look at a couple of ways or a few ways in which um, Christians typically um, maybe might struggle or need guidance in. And then we're going to find specific answers from the Bible. So let's say maybe you struggle with anger or maybe you struggle with depression or maybe there's some other type of thing in your life. So we're going to look in the Bible and we're going to see what it says about these things, how we can apply these things. And we're going to see how using scripture, fasting, prayer, supplication, and even meditation will help us to be able to grow in the faith, overcome these obstacles, and go on to live the abundant life that Christ wants. And this series is going to be called Letters to God. And so it's really going to be very specific. Um, If you have a specific area that you think that maybe I should focus on, please feel free to leave a message here. Uh, If you are at um, Anchor FM, there's an area where you can actually leave a message. And if not, you can actually go to um, the, let's see, there's a link, going to be a link in the description. You can click on that and you can actually leave me a message and let me know what kind of, you know, question or issue that you think we should focus on. So we're going to go ahead and jump into today's um, study. I hope that... um, I really look forward to you guys being a part of Letters to God. So I hope you'll take an opportunity. Maybe you're wrestling with an issue and you want to write and say, well, I'm, I'm dealing with this. How do I deal? How do I handle this? And we can go to the Bible and find the answers there because quite honestly, um, I believe our answers are there. And so um, rather than me using my own kind of reasoning, going to go into the Bible and we together will see what's in there about that. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into today's Bible study. If you would do me the favor, grab your Bibles. Let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to talk about the work of God. I think this is a very powerful study because everybody talks about doing a work for God or doing something for God. Um, But what is the work that God does in you? That is the major question that you must ask yourself if you are a believer. What is the work? that God does in me because that work is seamless. It's flawless. And he does it without even asking you (laughs) if you're a believer, you just do it. It's kind of like being a vase or kind of like being a hammer or kind of like being, you know, uh, a television. You just kind of do it. It's, It's how you're built. And so I want to encourage us now to explore that as believers. We're not just passive bystanders 
who sit by and watch things happen and pray for God to bring us a car, a a million dollars, you know, a hot spouse, (laughs) or, you know, um, a vacation to Fiji. We are here for specific work. So let's go ahead and read our anchor text today. It's going to be in John chapter 9, and we're going to read from verse 1 until verse 5. So it's not really that long, but if you'll read with me now, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world." So we read that scripture and it seems like, you know, they're asking him about a blind man. And then he start, he tells them that this blind man is really not sick because someone did something wrong. And then he starts talking about the works that he must do. Now that seems quite interesting, but I want you to look at it in context. We didn't read the whole, um, the whole chapter, but if you read the whole chapter right underneath that, after God makes these really great statements, he goes ahead and he heals the blind man. So let's kind of look at that. Let's look at some of those scriptures. It's really important for us to, to understand, you know, when we're reading this, that God knew he had work to do. And I want to ask you, do you know that you have work to do? Do you know? You know, let's look in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And it says, and he said to them, how is it that you sought me? Knew you not that I must be about my father's business? Now that scripture is actually from when Jesus was a young boy and he disappeared from his parents and his family and he went and he started teaching in the temples and they were looking for him and they couldn't find him and when they finally found him they were like oh my god you worried us terribly what was going on and do you know what he said to them i have to be about my father's business now (laughs) if i had said that to my parents i don't know that i would have come out of that so well (laughs) but um seriously for him he was able to say something like that i incidentally i remember as a child reading that and thinking if i ever said that i would be dead Um, But seriously, back to the verse, it's interesting that even when he was a child, he knew there was some business, there was some work that he was to attend to, and he knew that he had to be about doing it, you know? Um, And when we think about work and we think about a, a business, something like when you go on a business trip, you have a specific mission when you go on a business trip. There's something you specifically have to do. And I know that, you know, when I've gone on business trips, I am focused on, okay, I know these things that I have to do. I know where I have to stay. I specifically, I've pretty much planned out my trip before I even go on it, or someone else has planned out my trip before I've gone on it. So I know where I need to go. I know who I need to talk to, things like that. And I want you to think about um, Christ 
in the very same way and understand how that actually applies to you. And if you can think about that, I really want you to think about that. If you remember that it says in Hebrews chapter three, that Jesus Christ was also an apostle. How is it possible for Jesus to be an apostle and Paul? Let's read Hebrews chapter three, verse one. It says, why holy brothers, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now that's pretty curious. Now I understand him being a high priest. There's lots of scriptures in depth that talk about how Christ is now our high priest. He even calls us believers as a royal priesthood. So we understand that we're the, we're the, the lower priests. He is the high priest. We get that. We have the example of the Levitical priesthood um, under the law to give us all of this understanding, these illustrations of what it is that we're doing as priests and Christ as a high priest. But I want you to note that it says that he's also considered an apostle. And I think there's a great sort of comparison here between the Old Testament and the New Testament when we look at this chapter or when we look at this verse is that the high priest, the priesthood was something from the Old Testament and the idea of being an apostle was something from the New Testament. And yet he's brought them both together in this one verse and they're both legitimate. The legitimacy is the fact that Christ is a high priest. The legitimacy is the fact that Christ is an apostle too. I mean, that's kind of curious. Why is Christ an apostle? That's very important for us. I want you to remember what it says in Ephesians. And we're going to look at that right now. Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to look at verses 11 and 12. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of of the ministry for the edifying of the body. Now, I want you to think about what he said that he has created. There is a new order. We as royal priests, we as believers have these certain titles, certain things that we do. Some of us can be prophets. Some of us can be evangelists, but some of us are apostles. What's an apostle? We always think of apostles as the 12, you know, and Paul. But what really is an apostle? And I think we haven't really focused on that when we talk to believers. Many believers, I believe, they are apostles and they may not know it. But at any rate, in Ephesians 4 and 12, it says that these people are here for the work of the ministry. So we go back to that idea of a work that needs to be done or the work that, or God's work that needs to be done through us. And so we understand that apostle is also there for the work of God. If Jesus could be an apostle and Paul, then we must ask, what is an apostle? And we're going to look in the Greek for a little bit of clarity. So I want you to know that the word apostle comes from the Greek word apostolos, and it means delegate, ambassador, messenger, or more accurately, one sent forth with special orders. He is also like someone who's a special agent an envoy or a spy. It's one or individuals that God has sent into the earth on a special assignment. Apostles often have unique lives and they often command the attention 
of governments and leaders because they are sent on such a high precision mission from God that their work seems deliberate and professional. I want you to think about that with all of the apostles, including Paul. They have this really sort of strategic sort of directed mission from God and they were working on it. I'm not saying that other believers don't have a mission from God. We all have a purpose, all of us, every single one of us, and we all have a work that we must do for God. Um, but also there are apostles and they do a specialized, specialized and specific work. God often uses people who are already highly specialized in a field or area of skill. I've noticed just in looking at the apostles, if you think of Paul, he was a very highly skilled um, Pharisee. If you look at um, if you look at Peter, he was a very highly skilled fishermen and many of the others they were highly skilled in specific areas and they were able to convert that skill into something that the Lord used to do a work in the earth so they also also often had lots of miracles in their lives lots of unbelievable things tended to happen to these people and they were able to survive or come out in sometimes crazy or uncanny ways if you can think about how peter an angel came and let peter out of the prison and how paul was shipwrecked on the island of patmos and there's so many areas where you start to see there's something different about an apostle. An apostle leads a very different kind of life. And if you're a believer, I want to encourage you to take the time to evaluate your life. Now, not all of us. Now, remember, apostle is literally sort of like a gift. It's something that comes from the spirit. So it's not something that we can put on. It's not something that we do like, okay, today I'm going to be an apostle. It's not a title the way people just grab titles, you know, and decide, hey, today I'm an apostle. Today, I am an elder. Today, I am, you know, whatever. It just blows my mind that people are able to do that. But either way, it's really important to understand that an apostle is a real station. It is a real calling. It is a real gift. And you can kind of notice people who have this, or if you have this, by some of the things that I've said. And I want to encourage you, if you have an opportunity, to go through the Bible and look and see what is said specifically about apostles. Now, Paul talks about apostles too. And he says a lot more about them, about certain specific ways that, you know, sometimes they endure things that are a little bit more harsher or more difficult specifically because they are apostles. So it's really important to understand that an apostle is more like a specialized messenger, a secret agent. They're more like 007. They are on a specific mission. And if you think the reason he called Jesus Christ an apostle is because he was on a specific mission to redeem mankind. And it was a, a strong mission, a mission where he had to endure so many things he also had to, lots of miracles followed him in the work that he did. Everywhere he went, there was miracles. It was in a miraculous situation and he traveled a lot. He went from here and there and everywhere, but he was doing specific work. And like we just read now in John chapter nine from verse one to verse five, and if you read the whole chapter, you'll see, he literally says, you know, this man here that you see is blind. He's blind and I am going to heal him. I am going to heal him, you know, because this is the work that I do. I have work to be to do. And just like we read uh, in, I believe it was um, 
Luke chapter 2 in verse 49 and his parents found him and said where were you at he told them I have work to do he knew he was on a mission and I want you to understand that's something similar that happens with all apostles people who are called as apostles so I want you to be mindful of that it's really important for us to understand that apostles have specific work very specific work you know and Um, As believers, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. We all have a measure of this in our lives, but an apostle has a greater volume of this in their own. Apostles are usually skilled in teaching the word of God and they have a level of persistence. That means they understand they're on a mission and they have to complete it. They're kind of driven people and they do and they keep going and you don't understand why. It's because they have a specific work. Um, And just like Jesus... You remember the story of the blind man and we read about it. Jesus is doing something very specific here in his life and in his work. God's works are completed works. And I want us to read one more time uh, in John chapter nine. We're going to read from one to three. I think it shows us some clarity here. It says, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth and his disciples asked him saying, master, who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Remember guys, God's works are completed works. Remember, he sat down and he rested at the end of the seven days. He's done. He's completely done. So this man was essentially a setup. That man was sick so that God could manifest his healing through Christ. And as an apostle, Christ knew to stop there at that blind man and manifest the works of God. And I have to tell you, we are no different. We really are no different. So it's really important for us to understand the work that Jesus did. Jesus knew what he could do and he did it. Do you have a gift or resource that you know could heal or help someone? And do you know there there is work to be done and that work is the glory of God. That work is the glory of God. It gives God glory when you do these kinds of things, when you manifest um, his works. So Jesus knew what he could do and he did it. And so it's critical for us to understand that not all infirmity is because of sin, not all blindness, not all failures because someone did something wrong. You know, in our blame society that seeks to be the gods of their own lives, many say that we are in full control of things that come into our lives and that happen. But sometimes the loss, the failure or the lack of vision comes because God, I'm sorry, comes because it creates an opportunity for God's glory, for his works to be manifest. So it's important for us to see that. And I want to show you something that it says in John chapter nine, verse four, it says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. So We have a limited time to work, whether you're an apostle or even just a regular believer like most, you have a limited time to do your work when it is day and when there is light. And so who is the light? What is the light? 
Jesus tells us right then and there. He says in John chapter 9, verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Think about that. As long as he's there, there's light. But there will come a time when there will be no light and there will be no time for the work. So I want to encourage you as a believer to work the works of God. You are powerful. You are blessed. You are endowed with many gifts. And, you know, I want you to consider maybe you're an apostle. Maybe you are an apostle. Some people, I think, confuse uh, their work and their life sometimes. Some people who are apostles think they're pastors. And some people who are pastors think they are um, preachers. And some people who are, you know, teachers think they are pastors. I mean... I think it's important for us to really get quiet and still with ourselves so that we can see the work that God is doing through us, not the work that we think we do for God. So I hope you will take some time to get still and pray and see what the Lord has given you to do his work and how he wants to manifest his work through you. So I pray you're well. God bless.